Very comfy seats in the gold class where we're recording today. This is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. You going to ask why I'm still single? No, I get it. <laughs> Charlie's Theron and Seth Rogen are two of the biggest names in film, which makes Long Shot the romantic comedy of the year. Unless... I can't get married if my mum isn't here. Yes, Australia's own Miranda Tapsell has a rom-com for you, Top End Wedding, that could top Long Shot following the huge success at Sundance. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley and I've seen heaps of movies, but neither of those. Luckily, Vari McIntyre and Michael Campbell both have. Now, as always, a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass to give away a little later on, but first... Charlotte, I would like to endorse you to be the next president of the United States. Oh, my God. You've been a great secretary. Of state. Which state again? All of them. Two romantic comedies this week. First up, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron are massive names and probably the reason that most people will get themselves a ticket to the new romantic comedy Long Shot. Some more might get a ticket because it is set in the race to the White House and that seems topical at the moment. But I think I'll be getting a ticket because of the writers. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, what's it about? Well, yes, Long Shot, it's very much a movie of its time. No other rom-com with politics in the middle would work, you know, 10 years ago. But it is about Charlize Theron. She is the Secretary of State, and she has a chance encounter with Seth Rogen's character, who were kind of childhood friends. She actually babysat him as a kid, and she hires him as a writer to punch up her scripts because she likes his newspaper writing. And it's this really unconventional love story of the classic Seth Rogen trope he made his whole career of not being attractive enough for a woman and this is the the next installment of that Seth Rogen saga from the trailer I didn't really know what this was about at all doesn't give away a lot and I was like "Mm, Seth Rogen I know some of his comedy I'm not the biggest fan of I like Shelley's Theron but it's one of these films that the trailer doesn't do it justice and the less you know about it the more interesting it makes it I think we've said that about a few films. What comes to mind is the, what's that orphan one? Yeah, that was the comparison I was going to make, uh, Instant Family. Instant Family. That's exactly what came to mind. It's yeah. so much better than it looks, isn't it? I don't know why they don't make better trailers because I would probably <laughs> see the movie more. But anyways. I was honestly really surprised at how much I like this movie because I'm the same as you. Seth Rogen is kind of here nor there for me. I like some of his films mm. and then some of his films are Sausage Party. Yeah. So it's a real kind of crapshoot with what you're going to get. And the trailers are cut in this weird way that makes it seem really awkward and unfunny. But genuinely, I laughed more in this movie than I've laughed in a movie in a long time. Well, I think that's probably down to the writing because some of the, sometimes these films, the writing credits are less prestigious <laughs> than Liz Hanna, who wrote The Post, Yeah, you know, with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks from only a few years ago, and Dan Sterling as well, who's been on Girls and The Office and the Sarah Silverman program. Well, it's weird because you kind of see the melding of both those two styles, don't you? The Post, you know, very hot political movie, and then things like Girls or The Office, very kind of irreverent of the time comedies. And that is what this is mashed together. But it really works. They did such a good job. And that's such an interesting point that you make, that those two people have perfectly blended their ideas of this movie. And that's the baby that came out. But how does that work with you? Do you like... Do you like date? Uh, yeah, I date. Generally, you know, with people who have similar lifestyles to me, people who travel a lot. It's hard to keep those things alive. I'm, I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah, 
And honestly, guys don't really want to date women who are more powerful than them. They think they do, but it's a Dick Shriveler. Oof. Mm -hmm. Dick Shriveler is my favorite Batman villain, though, so. What works about this movie so well is how good the chemistry is between Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, which are two people that you would never really think of to like to put together. That's the movie. Well, exactly. And and that doesn't always work, but their chemistry is so spot on. They really genuinely look like they're falling in love. And that's a really hard thing to pull off. And it's not just Charlie's Theron and Seth Rogen that have come together. Evan Goldberg, who works with Seth Rogen on all the films, is a producer on this. And Beth Kono, who is a producer on all Charlize's films, like Atomic Blonde and Tully and just all of them, uh, is the producer on this too. So it seems like both their filmmaking worlds yeah. have come together. Two writers from separate worlds have come together and everyone actually thinks the baby's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's a really good metaphor. And if we're talking about <laughs> other people involved, the supporting cast of this movie is great. Probably the biggest scene stealer is Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, even way back from Mr. Show. He plays the president of the United States in this movie. He was elected because he played the president on TV. And he is obsessed with this idea that he needs to look like the president, but he doesn't want to actually do the president's work. And read into whatever allegories you might about that. But he is so funny in this movie, as is um, Seth Rogen's best friend, played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., son of Ice Cube, Mm. as as uh, Seth Rogen's entrepreneurial friend, who's just so into the idea of of Seth Rogen and the Secretary of State getting together. Am I being too bossy? No, no. We'll do exactly what you were imagining. And you turned me around, slapped me on my ass, and then choked me a little bit. Oh, my God. I really like June Diane Rayfield, who I know from Grace and Frankie. Mm. So she plays Charlotte's assistant secretary person, I guess. And she's really funny in this. Everybody is. And she's, by the way, guys, fellow podcaster. She's on the How Did This Get Made podcast, which weirdly has kind of integrated with Seth Rogen because... The Disaster Art, it's also another Seth Rogen movie, came from that podcast. And I love that he's kind of kept this little podcasting family around him. It's so cute. So podcast fans, who else should see this film? <laughs> I think everyone. Give like Honestly, if you weren't sold on the trailer like Vary and I both weren't, give it a go. It's genuinely really great comedy. I don't think I can top that. I think, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah, it's surprisingly really nice and funny and it's got some really good relevant topics as well. Also in cinemas at the moment, Avengers Endgame. The culmination of every Marvel movie. movie that one. <laughs> Gloria Bell in limited release. A slice of life film with Julianne Moore. And The Chaperone. From the writers and creators of Downton Abbey. You can hear about all of those by clicking on the previous episode in whatever podcast app that you're in right now. Weddings change people. Not just the bride and groom. Make this wedding romantic and you'll get Arnie back. Marriage is a journey, and what better place to start that journey than right here? Our home. He's two hours late. Anyone got any jokes? Miranda Tapsell has fast become one of the darlings of Australian screens. She is lauded over for her performances on screen, but also on stages with some of our best theatre companies here in Australia. And most recently, she absolutely won television with the final episode of The Catering Show, which is a must-watch. And now she is flying around the country and even to Sundance to launch her new movie, Top End Wedding, which she wrote and stars in. So this one is about the couple, Lauren and Ned, and they get engaged. And Lauren really wants the wedding to be at home in Darwin. But when they get there, they discover her mum's gone AWOL somewhere in the Northern Territory and they've only got 10 days to find her and find the reason why she left. 
and pull off their dream wedding. This falls into a really good category for me of Australian film that doesn't feel like a quote Australian film. Yeah. <laughs> where it can, You know, sometimes I feel a bit cheap and you're like, is it a student film? This is a proper movie, uh, which is great. And it's a really, really charming movie. I thought the the premise, while, you know, not the most original, got to find someone for a wedding, was done in a kind of a unique, interesting way. And I, I had a bunch of fun with it. But what happens about halfway through, it starts out as like a classic rom-com. They're setting up all the characters. They get to Darwin and find the mum's gone. It turns about halfway through and gets more serious than it did at the beginning, which I think it does a nice transition. You don't really notice it until it starts getting a really deep and serious. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, I'm getting affected emotionally (laughs) here. The the mum's gone AWOL, as you said, trope is they're just on an adventure trying to find her. But what it's actually really about is... Miranda Tapsell's character finding out about who she is. Mm. She's never really been up there and connected with her mum's family because her mum ran away when she was young and so she's never had this connection to her Indigenous heritage and just going on this journey through the Northern Territory, she starts connecting to that and finding relatives and, yeah, finding out who she is. That aspect of the film in the second half, there's even parts shot in like the Tiwi Islands. Mm. The ceremonies and stuff, they're beautiful. All her dresses are beautiful. All the cultural stuff I really, really liked. I thought it was something that isn't shown on screen very much. It's really surprising. It's really emotional. It's really great. Everything, like her relationship with her mother becomes very important and it really lands in that way. The, The only wrinkle I have on it is as a comedy, I didn't find it that funny. Uh, but I think the the shining of of how good the second half is uh, really outweighs maybe the first half being a little bit of a conventional comedy. Yeah, it's like rom-com and then turns into rom-drama. Yeah, and I like the second half. I think that's a way stronger film because it doesn't have those tropes. It's things that I've never seen before. And it's really, it's honestly, it's beautiful to look at. It's such a gorgeously shot movie. Isn't it funny how we're talking about two films that have been marketed in different ways to the way <laughs> the things that you both actually enjoyed about it? Because what you, the sense you get from the marketing of Top End Wedding is that it's just, uh, you know, it's like a Richard Curtis style rom-com. Yeah, and it's like a crazy road trip movie is what they're selling on. And it, mm. it, it, it is that, but I think that's the weaker half of the movie. The better half of the movie is stuff, yeah, that they haven't shown. Which, I mean, you always want to be surprised in that way anyway, but I just want people to know that there is more to it than the trailers let off. Yeah, and you mentioned Sundance, and Vara, you actually sat down with Miranda Tapsell and Gwilym Lee, and they talked about the reaction at Sundance. Tell me about the premiere, what was that like in Sundance, and then in comparison, Adelaide as well. Hmm. Yeah, but there it was great. I mean, we were uh, kind of, I suppose, intrigued as to how a non-Australian audience would engage with it. Um, Some of the humour is very specifically Australian and and very specifically Northern Territory as well. <laughs> but actually, I think all of those things are quite universal and there was, they really kind of, they got it. They, they completely got it. And, uh, you know, I think it's great to introduce the concept of Tudoy to, uh, <laughs> you know, to an American audience. And they, they got it. They knew what it was. I mean, it's you know, quite subtle with the straws and stuff. <laughs> but, it, was, you know. it was very subtle. That's what we go for. <laughs> yeah, I suppose like that's the that's the thing that I engage. I'm a I'm a Brit and, and I read the script and and while it is an Australian story, like there there are universal themes in it and themes of you know trying to f- connect to your family and to your heritage are the things that we can all kind of uh, engage with. I think. Yeah. I think the comedy aspect comes from Gwilym Lee, who plays the fiancé Ned. And he was also he, Brian May, right? In right? Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And he's the outside character. He is British in this as well. And he's 
got a, obviously just a white background. And so he's come into this world and he's seeing all these different people and cultures and even a sign that fell down in a river that he's like wading in has crocodiles on it. And then he like jumps out and he's like, oh, crap. Yeah, he's the audience's connection to being that, that fish out of water in this new world. And he's, yeah, he plays the laughs, I think. So Miranda Tapsell obviously in it, starring in it. Who mm. else is behind this film? I guess from Wayne Blair, uh, who directed The Sapphires a couple of years ago. And I think that's yeah. probably what this is going to be compared to the most, yeah. just given that, you know, Miranda Tapsell, Wayne Blair working together again. It's about Indigenous Australia. So I get that those comparisons are going to be made. Though I, This is a very different movie to The Sapphires. The Sapphires was kind of so full of life and music, but it was also about people leaving the country and the reactions to that, where this is almost kind of the opposite to it. It's someone foreign in this country reacting to things in that way. And for me... It fell just short of the sapphires. I, I think I like the sapphires just a little bit more, but that's a, also a very high watermark to reach as well. So don't think that that's a slide on the film. Miranda Tapsell said that her and the other writer, Joshua Tyler, were influenced by a lot of romantic comedies like When Harry Met Sally and Notting Hill. But the one that I think this emulates the most is My Big Fat Greek Wedding with that sort of that cultural dissonance where there's just a – outside character coming in and meeting all the family and that sort of comedy and that's what they're playing for. Some of the locations they must have shot on in the territory would be stunning. Have they made full use of that? It seems very remote there. So did you just have to trek in? What was that like? Oh, it was incredibly remote in some of the places that we went to. Um, We were really lucky to have um, such a wonderful cinematographer, Murray Louie, who does Rose Haven and Black Comedy. This was his first feature and... But he had been, he had shot a lot of short films like throughout Tiwi and the Territory. So he knew, he knew this part of the world like really, really well. And also he was just, he was just really, there was times where we were just guerrilla filmmaking. Um, Wayne would just go, stop the cars, stop the cars, we're going to shoot here. And we're like, really? Oh, well, okay. Um, so we had to be along for the ride with that. So who should see this film? This one is just such a heartwarming romantic comedy about family and returning to one's home and it's so unique because we haven't seen anything like this. So I think everyone should see it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a film that goes beyond what people may put in a box of like just the regular rom-com. It is half of a tourism ad because a lot of the funding was from Tourism Australia. So if you'll forgive it a few montages of gorgeous landscapes that I'm going to forgive that. That's don't, the most beautiful stuff. Connect. Exactly. Um, it's not the worst price to pay. I think this has more in it than you might suspect. For your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, go to Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment on the Cinema Crew post answering the question. Well, with Top End Wedding in cinemas this week, we wanted to know what's your favourite Australian film. A good one. Leave that with the hashtag The Cinema Crew and you could win. Detective Pikachu puts enough of a twist on the Pokemon world that means they can make a solid movie out of the universe. I'll tell you what that means next week. Also, more big screen comedies with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson teaming up and scamming rich folk in the hustle. And Aussie women must have taken over these big screen comedies because Jackie Weaver is alongside Diane Keaton in Poms. That's next week. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Thanks. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and we'll see you at the very least. You'll hear us next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.